Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. What's up, everyone? My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, and I love being a geoholic. We appreciate you tuning in for this rolling edition of Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We Bad Elves live our lives one spatial second at a time, and we know you, geoholics, do too. So check this out. If you've not heard of the Geobus, you are about to be amazed. The Geobus is a new mobile citizen science laboratory. Yep, you heard me correctly. It's as cool as it sounds. This mobile GIS command center focuses on map making, different cartography apps, and drone applications. They specifically target and visit Florida schools, K-12, teaching the youth of tomorrow. The program is collaborative in nature, involving many players, including the University of Central Florida, Lynx, 15 Light Years, National Geographic, the David and Lynn Barrelsman Family Charitable Foundation, Central Florida GIS Workshop, Orange County Utilities, ESRI, Geotel, Parrot Education, and last but not least, IBM. Wowzers, Batman, that is a list of heavy hitters. Suffice to say, this program is well-funded and positioned. Why is this so cool, you ask? Well, it literally brings geography to the students no matter where they are located. Now students can learn STEM subjects, even if they can't afford the technologies on the regular. Talk about epic levels of inclusion. I can't say enough about how innovative this program is and how awesome it's going to be. If you're interested in learning more about this exciting educational opportunity, please look up and reach out to Dr. Timothy Hawthorne, Associate Professor of GIS at UCF. All right, that does it for this week's Bad Elf's Seconds of Spatial News. We hope you enjoyed our designated news of the week. If you have any questions about this story or about Bad Elf GNSS products, please feel free to contact me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. Till next time, Geoholics. Cheers. Feeling it shoots. Oh, you are the love of my life. You are the love of my life. You are my inspiration. Just you and me. Shoots. Just you and me, buddy. Just <laughs> going free. Welcome back, Geolix, and oh, thanks for man. joining us for episode 97. Shoots, what did you come up with for 97? I got to ask Jake if he's got a guess on this one. I don't. What sport? Give me the sport. It's hockey. Uh, I don't. Come on, Coyotes. 97, oh. You'll know it. You'll know Is it. Is that Doan? Ronick. Oh, Jeremy Ronick. Oh, you blew it. Wire jaw shut. <laughs> 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 Love Jeremy Ronick. Black Hawk. He was a hawk. Yeah, well, Chicago. Okay. He that was fits. 1988, yep. the eighth overall pick by the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm. Uh, he did not wear number 97 until going to the Coyotes in 96. So he mm. was wearing, I think, number 15. Oh, wow. Could could. That's a lot lower. Did not know that. But, uh, 2001 NHL MVP, oh. and that was with. Not the Coyotes. Not in 2001. Oh, he was it San Jose? No. Huh, I don't know. Who oh was he with in 2001? Oh, my goodness. You guys are killing me. Who is it? Can't read it, so you guys don't get it. <laughs> you can't read it. <laughs> I can't. I cannot read it. He we, was okay. Let me go to the next fact. He was the third American-born <laughs> player to score 500 goals, oh and he was an NBC 
sports analyst from 2010 to 2020 until... Oh, he had some trouble. Yes. Yep. He hit on the uh, blondie. That's right. That's right. He, he got, got himself trouble. in some trouble. Oh. So. He did indeed. He did indeed. Uh, yes. I think what you were looking for there was uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, the Flyers. Sorry. Mm. I well, can see it, but I can't see it. Way to bail him out, PJ. That yeah, was nicely PJ. done. Nicely done. We appreciate that. He blew it on the guessing, but he <laughs> filled in nicely. Yeah, I got to look out for my guy here. <laughs> All right. And now we got to hear th- who was that? That Song was uh, Chicago, American rock band formed in Chicago, Illinois in 1967. The group was initially billed as the big thing before calling themselves the Chicago Transit Authority right. in 1968 and then shortening the name in 1969. Uh, the self-described rock and roll band with horns blended elements of classical m- music, jazz, R&B, and pop music. And in October 2015, Billboard ranked Chicago at number 13 in a list of the top 100 artists of all time. Uh, Chicago is one of the longest-running and most successful rock groups and one of the world's best-selling groups of all time, having sold more than 100 million records. Chicago received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award on October 16th, 2020. Legendary band. Coming up. Legendary band. Love the horns. On the being from Chicago. Yep, being from Chicago, one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, I did get to see them one time. It was Chicago, the Beach Boys, and Three Dog Night. Wow. And this is like late heavy hitters. So they were past their prime at that point, but Mm. still an amazing, amazing show. So Shoots, obviously we've been off for a week because you are all out of sorts. (laughs) All out of sorts. You skipped the house cleaning portion of the program. Oh, we don't need that. So (laughs) it's really funny. Anytime I post a picture of an alcoholic beverage in like a geoholics pint glass or like in a, uh, you know, one of these add value, make friends koozies, um, it's, I, I always get somebody asking, like, how do I get one of those pine glasses? How do I get one of those koozies, this and that? And I'm like, it's freaking simple. All you got to do is go to patreon.com, search for the Geoholics podcast, and become a Geoholics patron for as little as five bucks a month. And if you do that, you will not only get a koozie, you'll not only get a pint glass, but you're going to get a t-shirt. You're going to get a hat. You're going to get a wristband. You're going to get stickers. So, you know, you're going to be hooked up. You're going to be hooked up. So stop asking, just go take care of business. All right. Shout out to this week's featured friend of the program, Cyanic Automation's job book. What do you got, Shears? Oh, boy. Do you think this should be easier to collect timesheets, <laughs> daily work records, and invoice your customers? Is it difficult to look up past jobs in a certain area so you can reuse control points, legal plans, and other information? Are you sick of using software that does not quite store all customer and job information you need? If the answer is yes to any or most likely all of these questions, you need to check out Cyanic Automation's job book. Created by the workflow experts at Cyanic Automation, job book is a modern cloud-based solution built for surveyors that works in the field. You can get a better idea by going to their website at getjobbook.com, and Geoholics listeners receive 20% off their first-year subscription. Nicely done, shoots. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I bailed myself Where out of that. Where is your mind one. tonight? It's like you're off to Vegas or something. I feel like I am off to <laughs> Vegas. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Trimble Geospatial Weekly Words of Wisdom. So this comes from one of my heroes. Okay. Here's a few quotes from one of my all-time heroes, and you're gonna, it's all going to tie together here in a minute. So here's three different quotes. The first one is, it is better to offer no excuse than a bad one. 
Love that one. It is better to be alone than in bad company. Love that one. And I love this one the most. A pack of jackasses led by a lion is superior to a pack of lions led by a jackass. (laughs) Guess who this was? Newt Rockman. First president of the United States and fellow land surveyor, Mr. George Washington. No. Yes. Yes. So that ties in nicely to our guests this evening. So let's catch up the boys real quick. We're on a bit of a time crunch. So, PJ, what's new, man? It's been two weeks. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it. Just going to keep it really simple. Actually, going to look forward here. Two days from now, 48 hours from now, we're going to be sitting. Thursday night football for the first time, knocking, oh, leading yeah. off the uh, NFL season. So not only are we going to be watching the NFL, but we're going to be able to, for the first time, legally play some some uh, sports action on this oh, game. Yes. So I'm sure with uh, the legalization happening, we might have to squeeze in some sort of uh, line of the week or something Uh-oh. that we can get to our uh, audience uh, Sunday mornings. But super excited for that, and I'm just going to kind of kind of keep it keep it short because uh, I know shoots. Uh, you might have a little something to say. Oh no, I I like the weekly line of the week. Line of the week, sure. Yeah. It's Stone, it's cold, that. It's Stone pick, cold lock of the week. Yeah, pick shit. of the week. Pick of yes, the week. Yes, I love it. I am actually heading to Vegas right now, <laughs> literally within the hour or two. So uh, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet and just say that I've had a good week. Nothing new to report. How nope. about you, Delphi Delph? Oh, things are good. Uh, I will say this. On the betting front, I lost 300 bucks on the Duke game this past weekend. Oh. So, Ouch. So don't um, – here, here's my lock of the week. Uh, take Tennessee – Plus or minus three, but this is coming out on Tennessee Sunday, so is it going to be already yeah. over? By yeah, it'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, you can still get, grab that line Sunday okay. morning. Tennessee Sounds minus good. three. I just don't see the Cardinals uh, being able to. do Oh it, to wow! Be mm. But. I did lose 300 bucks in the Duke game this past weekend. So it's up to you. Totally so up to you. Fade the pick. Fade Either the pick. Go with You're going to trust him. Yes, it's totally up to you. No locks, just an opinion. All right, safety apparel, safety share, and other things to avoid. Shoots, are you prepared, my friend? I am prepared. It's drone safety this week because I'm heading Ooh. to the drone expo. Mm. Uh, before flight, choose the right environment. Use a fully charged battery. Check the propellers. Calibrate the compass. Turn on the remote control first and then after flight you got to power off the aircraft first do not charge the battery right after flight let them cool off that Mm. one i was surprised to hear i did not realize that uh remove the propellers after flight attach the gimbal clamp after a flight for protection and then store the aircraft properly Mm. One thing, uh, we used to always put our big drone batteries in the fridge. Like the drawer of the fridge is apparently is supposed to be, if you're not going to use it for a while, you stick them in somewhere cold. So yep. mom was never really happy about there being a whole <laughs> bunch of batteries in the fridge, but That's it was funny. the safest place for them. For sure. One of my fraternity brothers' name was Alan Gimble. Mm. Really? Oh, Isn't wow. that weird? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just Could be related. <laughs> he should have a son named him Drone. <laughs> yeah, Drone Gimble, exactly. <laughs> All right. Shoots, good job, buddy. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate that. I know you're a bit distracted, but you have... We're going to make it. You have performed oh. top-notch. I, well, if I just disappear halfway through this, no problem. nobody's going to be a- upset. <laughs> nope, I will be upset. All right, let's get on with our guest this evening. We have Rex Perry with us. So a little bit about Rex. He was born and raised in Prescott, Arizona. Not Prescott, by no, the way. Prescott, no, Prescott, Prescott, Arizona. He attended ASU and BYU. Yep. Go Sun Angels. Go Cougars. <laughs> Did you hear that they're like, seriously, there's yeah. like a movement to change it from Sun Devils to uh, Sun Angels. Uh, we don't want to talk about that. So bad. Oh I, heard, I saw, <laughs> there, there was really quick, just a uh, quick fact. 
there was one time that we did change it to Sun Angels Stadium or something. The did po- it really? The Pope was in town or something. Oh, in 1980. Oh, oh there my you gosh. go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we've been there, been there, done that. <laughs> Looks like we're at it that way again. Little and, fat toy. In the, like, uh, like the where you donate money to, it's the Sun Angel Foundation. Yes, that's so. right. That's oh, right. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to buy Sun Devil season tickets, you got to donate to the Sun Some Angel Angels. Foundation. I like it. I like it. There's more to the story. All right. So Rex is in the process. He's been doing this for quite some time now. He's developing a smartphone app using Google Longitude and Latitude to create rough property corner locations for developing countries. More on this in just a bit. Uh, he's a licensed title officer, general contractor, mortgage banker, and over 20-year radio talk show host? Radio, uh, Saturday afternoon show, one-hour business-to-business radio on KFNX. So we've been doing it a long time. You can, obviously feel, you can feel the voice. His voice is much <laughs> more soothing through. than my raspy I have to concentrate thing. on the lower voice as we do this. <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh, helping, to de- helping developing countries through digital land survey record fight corrupt create collateral. We're going to get to right, all this. Right, right. We got some really good stuff to talk about here. So I butchered that one a little bit. Forgive me for that. But either way, Rex, welcome to the Geoholics. Thank you so much for being here. You bet. And let me give you a little bit of background of what we're trying to accomplish. You mentioned, uh, yep. you, I wondered why you guys were asking all of these questions in the email, but George Washington, mm-hmm. famous surveyor, yep. right? But he was also kind of a real estate agent. People don't really realize that because he would survey the land and then turn around and lease it out and to tenant farmers, et cetera. And uh, one of the properties prior to the revolution, he had surveyed, lo and behold, he goes to check on it and there are squatters on his property. Mm. And he looks around and there's no legal entity to enforce his rights as a property owner to have them evicted. Interesting. There's a letter that comes from Philadelphia saying, hey, there's gonna be this Continental Congress. So part of his motivation for attending the Continental Congress was to establish some sort of entity to enforce property rights. So the, your your industry, the surveyors, play a very important role, not just in the United States, not just in Canada, but throughout the whole world. And we need more of you guys. So that's oh what we're going to try to promote. I am feeling the love. No, it's it's got to be the, those shoulders. Yeah. Wow. It's so it? true. We're, we're like 30 <laughs> seconds in and I'm like blushing. All right. So let's circle back in a couple uh, sure. bio items. The, and we're going to get into this a little more detail. Sure. The app that you're creating. This is pretty exciting. How long? You've been working on this for a little bit of time. Yeah. Right? it's it, uh, When you're trying to develop an app. And especially using, and by the way, when I came to your office many years ago, you were able to pull up Google Earth Mm -hmm. and go into Mexico. I remember it vividly. And you were able to find the longitude and latitude of basically anywhere on the globe. So the infrastructure is already there. Now we've got to figure out a way to get it in the hands of people in developing countries that can actually use it. So what we're developing is a three-pronged system to entice people to download the app and then actually put in the coordinates, take pictures, so that you can get the street view. Because even though Google Maps works really well in the United States, guess what? In the mm. developing countries, not so much. Because there's just not enough information like we have here. So anyway, the app is designed or being designed so that you can gather that information. And here's the benefit. There's a guy, there's a professor by the name of Dr. DeSoto, Hernando DeSoto. 
And uh, he's from Peru. His story is quite interesting. His father had to flee Peru when in the 60s uh, because he was a political potential political prisoner. So they got out. He went to Switzerland. So Hernando was raised in Switzerland. And his dad was always talking about the wonderful home country, you know, the mother country of Peru. So when Hernando got old enough to go to Peru from Switzerland, he looked around and said, I'm not sure what my dad was talking about Mm. because it wasn't the stability. It wasn't the organization that he was used to in Switzerland. So he began doing research into why Switzerland looks like Switzerland and Peru look like Peru. And he found out that there weren't enough surveys. Mm. There weren't enough land maps. There weren't enough public records of who owns what. And it wasn't public. So he began working on helping developing countries this is back in the 90s but anyway so that's this whole concept is built on his shoulders and his teachings and his wow. writings yeah wow that is so interesting so let's set the tone just a little bit so i mean it's like as you already mentioned it's no secret that <clears throat> excuse me well-defined land rights are considered fundamental to growth for many reasons right so land because of its fixed uh, and immobile nature, basically, and the ease at which it can be transferred is considered ideal collateral. Right. Right. So let's let's set the tone here. In theory, you know, better land rights and improved land titling should catalyze greater economic growth and stability. Right. Right. And that's kind of where you're going with this concept. So and I know it's something you're really, really passionate about. Yes. How did you how did you get introduced to this idea? How did it come about? Well, what happened was back in the 80s and 90s, uh, as a family, we would go down to San Carlos, which is outside Wymus. Anybody been in there? It's beautiful. But we would drive eight hours from Phoenix down into there, and you'd cross the border. I'm a general contractor, and I'm looking around, and there's this beautiful land everywhere. But it seemed so mismanaged and so undeveloped. And you had buildings that were halfway through construction. And year after year, as we would go down to the condo, the buildings would stay unfinished, and I couldn't figure this out. So it was on one night in the 90s, I was clicking through the channels and hit PBS, and there was this guy talking to an individual on a PBS documentary in Africa, and he said to the individual, the, the older gentleman in Africa, how do you know that this is your home? Mm. And the guy says, well, it's my home because I'm living here and all my neighbors know that I'm here and they know it's my house. And then he asked the question, how do you still retain ownership if you leave? Well, if I leave, I no longer have ownership of my house. So that was the mindset of the villages in Africa. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was Hernando de Soto. Oh, wow. So he was putting together a documentary about this. Most of developing countries that struggle, South America, Africa, they do not have the surveys. They don't have the public records. They don't have the, the boundaries. They don't have the, it's an invisible infrastructure. And we are blessed here in the United States and Canada, New Zealand, Australia, because the British were all about the land. And you know that from your background as a surveyor. Yep. I mean, if you read any Jane Austen, it's always about who's going to get the title. It's not the title of Duke or Duchess or whatever. It's the title to the land they're, they're talking about. It's the yeah. ownership of that land. That's why it's so important. And there's so many countries that, you know, these developing countries, as, as we mentioned, that 
like land isn't held as collateral. Right. There's other collateral. It could be jewelry. It could be other things of value. Which is chattel and movable. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And sneakable and hideable, right? Yep. yep. But the uh, the scenario you just mentioned, I mean, that is pretty much just like George Washington experience. They're squatters. Yeah. You're squatters for 30 years, and then you move on and do whatever, and somebody else comes in. Right. And that's just, uh, it creates a bit of a mess. Well, what's interesting, I was putting together, as I was doing this research, in Mexico in particular, they have legal squatters' rights. And I collected a story from an individual. She was actually a professional nurse here in the United States. Her brother's in uh, Guadalajara. Mm. And her brother needed to come up to the United States to do some business for at least uh, six months plus. And he asked his sister, who lived in Guadalajara, to keep an eye on his house. Well, she got busy doing something else. And according to the rules, and this is what this individual told me, and I checked on this, this is accurate. If you leave your house unattended, uninhabited for 90 days, any individual can go get a constable, police officer, and they come and watch you kick the door in. And they could move in. So by the time this guy, wow. this brother, got back down to Guadalajara, there was a complete strange family living in his house. The way that they had to settle it is he had to go find that constable, and the constable negotiated to get those people to come out, and he had to buy them out. He had to pay them, and they took the refrigerator and the washer and dryer. They took everything oh, that was nailed down. That's a true story. Wow. And I've got multiple <laughs> anecdotal stories of individuals in the United States that have tried to buy land in Mexico, yep. had a real estate broker brought a huge piece of acreage in the center of the country. After he got the deed signed, paid the bill, he says, now where do I go to record this? And the guy looked at him and says, what are you talking about? He says, well, I need, to, I need public record that people need to know that I own this land. He goes, yeah. no, no, no. If somebody asks you if you own the land, you just show them the paper. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do business down there. How am I going to do this? So these surveyors, these public records, and... With the rights of ownership come the responsibility of property taxes, which is a form mm. of revenue. And that's what they're lacking, too, because we all know you can't pick up your land and run away with it. It's a, if it's 100 feet by 200 feet, it's so many square feet. And if you're paying a dollar square foot, that's your property tax. You yeah. better pay your bill or somebody else will, right? Yeah, so. that's a really good point. But if you think about it, how do they – I'm not sure how – I mean, it has to happen gradually as you would in, – in, institute something like this because like you know someone like you know the the example that we just were talking about somebody who is squatting yep. in a house you know living off the land basically they don't have a pot to piss in them when it comes to money all right. of a sudden they gotta start paying property taxes right whoa yeah here's the answer to that uh 1861 abraham lincoln the other great president surveyor. one of my and heroes paid. one of my heroes <laughs> and and he understood that we needed the homestead act so these squatters, you and by the way, the United States, I think it was seven years. You take a piece of property, you get it registered, you take you, you have to do improvements. The assessor comes out and says, okay, they put in the well, they got the fencing done. So many steps that you had to do in order to improve that land over a seven-year period of if you met the if you hit those benchmarks, the government gave you title to that property forever mm. that's homestead they can do this in the developing world they can they got tons of land they just don't know how to manage it that's and that's where we want to come in yeah no it's a good point i know like a lot of the land when it was first being chopped up especially in the rectangular um, systems that was to be deeded or given to soldiers yeah 
as in, in repayment for their, their service. And think about Afghanistan. Sorry to bring everything down in current right now. But think of all those soldiers, mm-hmm. those, quote, 150 to 300,000 soldiers supposedly that we trained that just disappeared. What if we had given, what if they had land? Yeah. What if part of their service was so many acres for their family that was deeded? See, this is a piece of the puzzle. Mm. You surveyors have got the missing piece of the puzzle. We've got to get this word out. This is the key for all of the trouble is because when somebody owns land, they've got a vested interest in the success of the country because they want to stay there and they want to be safe. One more thing about George Washington. One of the reasons why he was motivated after eight years of serving, he had a farm to go back to. Mm-hmm. It was safe. A big one too. It was. A really, anybody <laughs> a been to Mount Vernon? One. It's awesome. Yeah. And so the point is all of these leaders in developing countries, they don't have a safe place to go to. So they take everything they can. And just like the president of Afghanistan, they jump on a plane and fly out of there. That's why we got in trouble. Well, let's talk about how if we could institute or incorporate a system like we're talking about, how it would also defeat corruption to a certain extent. There's a lot of corruption in these, in these developing countries where land isn't you know, subdivided in any kind of way. There's no title to the land. Right. We have a three-pronged system with the smartphone app that we're developing. First of all, we have a micro-lending key to it. Mm. So a lot of these countries have small business owners, and if they could get a $100 loan, they can buy more chickens or more goats. They can get a motorcycle and start transporting people. There's all kinds of benefits. $100 to $1,000 is considered a micro-loan. So you have an app where individuals in developing countries can download it, put in their information, meaning date of birth, photographs, street views, longitude and latitude of the hut that they've been squatting in for the last 30 years, Mm -hmm. right? So now we start getting the basic ingredients. We get a geo-identity. So that individual is connected to that longitude and latitude. Now we know who they are. And they put in an application for a microloan. So without them even knowing, they start building the database for us mm. and for them. We don't care. We, we don't want their home. We want them to succeed. Yep. But now you've got a longitude, latitude. You've got four property corners. You've got something that can be identified as a home and potential collateral for a microloan. So that's the motivation, number one. So then you start being able to go in with Google Maps and say, okay, we can identify where these people are. Now the next step is to get them the money and let them start to develop. And they build the database. Slowly but surely, what this does, it's an end run around the corrupt government. Because if we try to fund microloans through the government, they skim. They skim it. So $100 ends up to be $5 by the time it gets the person that needs it. So with think Facebook. You can match individuals in the United States, Europe, wherever, to those individuals that need the loan. And now you've got a geo-identity, and you can communicate with them, and you can trust them because this is their home. And here's the final point. As you begin to map, and you know this as a surveyor, it's almost like a smile with missing teeth. In other words, pretty soon you got a map here of a, of a plot. You got a plot here, plot here, and pretty soon you're able to identify the ones that are not registering and the ones that are not mapping. And guess what? Most of the time, they're the guys doing all the problem. They're the bad guys because yeah. they don't want to be on the radar. And the more and more you get people on the radar, 
the more and more you have transparency. Famous judge Brandeis said, the best f- way to fight corruption is sunshine. Sunshine fights corruption. So the more public records you have, pretty soon you're going to have the president, the governor, the mayor. They've got their land registered. They've got to pay their property taxes. And guess what? If they're handling fiduciary funds, tax revenue, they put their title to their home up as collateral to guarantee that they're not going to abscond with the money. Hmm. So therefore, you start to fight corruption because in order to hold office, now your land, your property becomes potential loss if you steal the money. Yeah, so just not to get too far in the weeds, but like these microloans, who funds the microloans? It's, again, Facebook. You have, a, you have a page of all those people that are making application. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Smith from someplace in the Philippines or someplace in South America. And individuals that have interest can go into that website and be able to see the individuals that are in need and open up a dialogue co- correspondence, just like uh, friending on Facebook. Mm. And then you get to pick and choose and say, you know what? I like this. I, I trust this. A hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand. I'm willing to risk that. And by the way, the, the interest they charge is like 1% mm. because passbook savings is 0.5% or yeah, 0.05. Right. In other words, it's a very small amount. You're not doing it for the money, mm. but a loan is better than, and you can just donate the money if you want to. But what happens is now that they've been registered, you now start building a credit report. So if they borrow a hundred bucks and they pay it back, now they're trusted for a $200 loan, and they pay it back. And now they're trusted for, do you see how this starts to build identity? So you're developing an economy, basically, exactly. at that yeah. point. Bypassing, bypassing the corruption, bypassing the government. And it, the key is the survey, though, because you have to have that geo identity. You've got to have the, the boundaries. You've got to have the pictures. You've got to have pictures of who they are. You've got to have birth certificates. You've got to know who these people are. That starts at all. It is. Yeah. And they don't have, we take this for granted. Mm. We just think everybody's got this. Yeah. They yep. don't. So anyway, that's the goal of it. Now, the final thing is a cryptocurrency. And we call it a digit dollar. Mm. So one digit dollar equals one US dollar. And the reason you do that is because eventually, so in other words, you're able to have individuals buy a hundred digit dollars here. They put it in the bank and the individuals in that country is able to redeem go to a bank or different things and redeem yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That was going to be my question yeah. as far as like the infrastructure. There's one thing to send someone $200 in these developing countries, but they don't have a debit card like we do. Like, so it's like, you're how not going to get mi- the money. Exactly. So how are they going to get something that they can spend? And also is the purpose of the micro loan incentivize, like, is it in- to incentivize them to record their property or is this? Yes. Okay. That's number one. But number two, also to stay on the property. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many economic migrants we have? at our border right now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This has got to be the key to be able to help them, encourage them to stay in the country, to invest in their country, to to build walls for security, whatever they got to do. But with that digit dollar, pretty soon when they know that they can redeem that, pretty soon they don't even need what happens with cryptocurrency and we all know this, just like with Venmo. Yeah, you're at a table and say, "I'm going to send you a hundred bucks." Boom! You didn't. You just didn't hand them a 
hundred whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's all becomes digital. You didn't hand yep. me a Benjamin. And I think the currency in a lot of these <laughs> he places, never does. <laughs> yeah, the currency in a lot of these places that we're talking about too, they probably don't want any of that currency. No. Or not, not, not they don't want it, but it's not worth really. They like a U.S. dollar exactly. And if everybody, it's, if it's a one to one ratio there, then it's like they're spending U.S. Right. in a quasi version. And here's the key also: if you can establish that digit dollar as the currency in these developing countries, you know how else we beat China. China is working on right now trying to create a cryptocurrency to supersede the U.S. dollar because we control, we meaning the West, controls the banking system because everything's done in U.S. dollars. We have the primary, yeah. And if we want to, and and some corrupt guy has umpteen million dollars in some Swiss bank account and we can find it, we we can hold that. That's what these... When they say that they're going to put certain uh, restrictions on people, and that's what they're talking about. Is they're going to take their money. They're going to hold. We held how many billions of dollars of Iran's money for umpteen years, and finally they had to yeah. fly it out in a plane and plane. drop it in there. You guys yeah. remember that story? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what they're talking about. So if we can keep, if we can make the digit dollar the, form, the currency of choice yeah. for so these. So now these people, when they're working in their country and in a, in a trench needs to be dug in order to put in sewer you can pay them with the digit dollar mm-hmm. they don't have to actually have a physical cash dollar they can they can get paid a hundred bucks for digging a hundred lineal feet of a six-foot ditch that you can put sewer pipe in now you start doing improvements for the village and you're able to fund it directly to the individuals and you have people on the ground too this is what's going to happen it's yeah. going to evolve so that you have leaders on the ground that have opted into this and are selling this idea to the village There's to their neighborhood need to be a decent amount of education not only around the currency and how that works but just like how the app would work what's longitude and which latitude i can't imagine that too many people know what these these well, boundaries are here's what i'm seeing i'm seeing a global partnership for bad elf gps there you go put some bad elves in these it's people's bad hands. Elf flex i mean it's gonna go global shameless yeah. plug Don't yeah. Get used to it. yeah so what are the uh oh wait first of all is yeah. joe biden's face on the new china dollar <laughs> the crypto we don't put any oh. face on it <laughs> we stay away from faces man, that's oh, the problem man, with the benjamins right on come on yeah. <laughs> no see that's just it it's they're all digits right guys yeah, yeah. we're just dealing with digits yeah. and yep, if you exactly. know that you're gonna it's ones and zeros if you're gonna Cashes. if you're gonna get a hundred digits for doing something and you know you can redeem it someplace and everybody else starts using the same cryptocurrency that's how barter systems work anybody belong yeah, to there, a barter there's clone? no different than a beaver pelt and a hundred digit dollars that's right like, it's that's all at the end of the day as long as it's recognized and there's a mass adaptation of it where people are are willing to view it as a currency it's a currency yes yeah. so. and the key to all this also is the blockchain technology yeah so so now you've got umpteen zillion accountants saying smith Yep. Just gave a hundred digit dollars to Jones, <coughs> and then you know cryptocurrency and the blockchain technology, you you can't hide from that. Yeah, yeah I mean it just solves so many problems. So th- th- that's the basic thing. Hmm. So again, it's a triad. You got to have the surveys. You got to have the digital surveys. So it's a public searchable record. You've got to have the micro lending. That's the incentive for people to download the app and start putting the information in. You also have education through YouTube. You know, you can have in their language mm-hmm. explaining. Uh, obviously, you're going to get a loan. Anybody ever done a loan? You oh, got to yeah. fill out the paperwork, yeah. and the bank's got to know who the heck you are. They're not going to loan mm-hmm. you the There's money. There's terms you've got to agree to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So it's basically the same concept. 
I just had so one more real quick. Yeah, not no, to go, go too, for it, man. Too go far down it. the blockchain stuff. No, but it. if you're talking about using blockchain for currency and stuff, have you guys looked into recording deeds and property that's on it. the blockchain? That's yeah. it. Because that's that's going to be really the next wave of when you talk about all of these different eyeballs that are checking on this and how the network works. My, my eyes just popped out. Application for it, yeah. I'm one of those dinosaur. I literally, in Utah, when I was going to BYU, I had to go to school and become a licensed title officer okay i'm gonna say it right now i worked in the title industry for many years it's it's a ripoff there's no reason if we have blockchain yeah we can record right on the blockchain there's no reason for title insurance we all know this right why are we why are we not doing this why yeah, are we not that, i think this is the next wave if there was a part to and there's no bitcoin or ethereum but there's the, the next thing to invest in it would be that yep. there's no reason that we can't have all of that documented to where everyone knows and all that's participating in the network who owns what and it can't be changed yep. unless it, it, it's the person who owns it wants it to be changed exactly yep. so so that's the triad i'm super excited about that you you guys see this I'm lost. you guys okay you, okay that's one more time all we gotta do <laughs> micro lending mm -hmm. cryptocurrency and surveys digital surveys using the same system that you showed me years ago right yeah. on the big screen it's yeah. already there everything's there everything's there Man, oh man, producer Jake is. It can work. Out of I'm bought in. I'm bought in. I love it. He, he just got another raise. Oh my gosh. He's, and he's and hired. here's the thing, and you know this, everybody knows this. Everything I just described is on the shelf. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing new here. But hold on. Let me say yeah. one thing. Because, I mean, Jake is like, he's a dialed in guy yeah. he understands all this stuff right i'm still trying to understand <laughs> sorry it. about that you, no no no, no <laughs> apologies i'm just i guess my point is that you're talking to to people that maybe don't fully understand where you're coming right. from you know like how this all ties together yeah jake like because he understands blockchain and this and that he like immediately just bought into it he's like i get it yeah, yeah. this makes perfect sense mm -hmm. well obviously i'm gonna obvious the world's a big place and there's certain mm -hmm. countries that are a little bit more advanced than others i flew right. over a few years ago to the Philippines, and they're right on the edge of this. Hmm. Let me tell you a quick story. In, to uh, transfer title in the Philippines, Jones buying Smith's house, yep. 12 months, <laughs> escrow. You need a year. What? And, and part of the challenge, one of the real estate brokers, by the way, the real estate industry and licensing and everything is just barely starting to happen over there. So one of the agent's brokers told me the story that she was trying to do this transaction and they were waiting months to get a copy of the deed from X to Y, some sort of paperwork. So she had to go down to the recorder's office in that particular province she walked right around the desk, everybody's screaming at her. She goes into the boss's office and says, I need this right now. We've been waiting months for this, and I'm not leaving until I get it. And he was wanting a little bribe. Oh, wow. Oh. It's always, so interesting. He always wanted a little yeah. sugar. Yep. That's all he, <laughs> he wanted was a little, you know, a little bit of a bribe. Yep. And she said, to hell with you. I'm not paying a bribe. Oh, wow. I want this right now. And she's a tough cookie. And she would not leave until they got the paperwork and she closed the deal. So this is this is the struggle in developing countries. These are the hurdles that the bureaucrats throw up. Now, let me tell you what entices the bureaucrats. What do bureaucrats love more than anything else is a steady paycheck. Yeah, they want the tax, the property tax. And when I was in the Philippines, I got a chance to talk to the mayor <laughs> and describe this to him. And his eyes lit up and he said, we could start collecting property taxes. Yep. 
because they don't have any anything digitized. They don't know who owns what. And we brought up the squatter situation, and here's how they handle that. Homestead. Those individuals are Homestead. on the property. They've already been there for 30 years. It's theirs. Now you right? need to start paying property taxes. Yes. If you want to own this and you pay property taxes for 10 years and do the improvements, you know, you have your criteria, we're going to deed that property to you because anybody else that's going to claim that own it, they better pay the property taxes. Can the property tax be paid in a different form of currency, I guess? As long as the government is adopting it and recognizing it as a a Well, here's the key. Usually what we found is governments, they don't lead, they follow. So once you start establishing the cryptocurrency, once they see this functioning, once they, it's like a parade that they want to get in front of. Yeah. But you got to get an initial investment. And when I say investment, Data, yeah, like a stimulus of it. Just data, data collection. And and we were told if we could get a million downloads, Google would jump on this thing. The minute you got a million downloads of something, you got somebody's attention. Mm. And I talked to the there. There's chambers of commerce over there in the Philippines. They said a million downloads. We could do that in 12 months. What are you talking about? We they're so well connected. So everybody needs to understand that this is a way to go digitized in developing countries to get away from the paper. And if you've got a land dispute, let's have the individuals that have been living there. Let's get their neighbors to go to court and say, I've been living next to this guy for 30 years. And this guy over here says he owns it. Where's the property tax receipts that you've been paying? Where's the rent that you've been collecting? Where's the claim that you've been making? None. Mm. So that's the, that's how you start solving these third world squatter problems. And by the way, you get away from the squatter laws. You really can't have mm. people out there, and, and okay, I'm trying not to get political, but there's certain liberal people that we just he, had he, it in he our country. Put the hand at me. <laughs> I'm not trying to get liberal. <laughs> we had some people that were saying that the the landlords should not be able to collect the rent because of this COVID situation, which is very tragic and mm-hmm. tough. New they York have to, specifically, the Hamptons. Yeah, a lot of that stuff with yeah. the, the the big dollars and. Yeah. And, and and now they're all saying, oh, yeah, we were just squatting on it. And they yeah. just sat on this stuff for yeah. how long? Yeah, and that's the point. When you're a landowner, you have rights and you have responsibilities. And the squatters don't have the responsibilities. They're not yep. paying the property tax and they're not paying rent. Mm-mm. So that's where we have to understand that this is where the surveyors are such a key to this. So this is... I mean, the idea is phenomenal. We, we, we talked about it probably, whatever, five, five six years, years ago. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I bought into it then. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. But the the challenge in my mind is, so how do you bring this, like you're, you're talking about it up here. Do you pick a country like yeah. Mexico or Peru or whatever, one of these countries you mentioned. Philippines. And just, Philippines and just focus on that one country. Exactly. You can't make hit it the work world. There, yeah. Make it work there and then it just explodes from you, that. You take, you, you pick a province in the Philippines. A province even, you pick, yes. you, t- you narrow it down and let them start doing it. And what happens is, this is basically an end run around the bureaucrats. Because mm-hmm. we're not playing. Google is an end run around. Facebook is an end run. I mean, you name all of these disruptive technology, they've all just run right around everybody. And all of a sudden, we woke up and going, holy crap, look, they got umpteen zillion people on Facebook. What's going on? We didn't even realize it. That's how this would work. The government will wake up one day going, oh, my gosh, they've got a million downloads and we've got the data here and mm. we could use this data. And by the way, if anybody understands data, it, that's valuable. 
Mm, no yeah. question about yeah. it. So let me ask you this. Why hasn't like, um, you know, Elon Musk or Bezos or somebody like jumped on this? Because to me, I'm like, it's freaking genius. I sent like, out emails. It? I've texted. I've begged. I'm on your program. Please. Anybody. Yeah. This is what it's going to take. I have reached out. And if, if anybody's ever tried to do something like this, you've got a gatekeeper after a gate, especially with these wealthy guys. Yeah. You can't get, you can't, you can't call certain, you can't even get somebody live to answer the phone on some of these large corporations. You, you send them these emails on their website, mm-hmm. you never get a response back. So, so if there's anybody out there that can see this vision, by the way, developing an app like this, we're talking maybe $50,000. That's the cost. And, and, and then you have to have servers. Everybody understands servers because mm-hmm. you're collecting that data. You've got to store it someplace, but you can ramp that up. And by the way, once you start getting those downloads going, people will be able to see that vision. So I've been passionate about this for years. And the key is understanding that this will help people stay home. We got to yep. keep people at home. Mm-hmm. We cannot take them look at europe look at all the struggle of the people immigrants trying to get in there they want what do they want a secure domicile what do we get here we got a yard and if you think about it that's a that's a parameter that anybody starts sneaking around your house yep you could shoot them yeah, they get got, in your got rights you it. know what and There's by the, the way i believe in gun yeah. rights and well, it, everybody needs to be able to protect their home and Especially their family. living out here in Arizona specifically, we have brick walls yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And think about developing countries. Again, part of the training is having some sort of security system. In other words, these are the infrastructure that people need in these developing countries in order to be able to raise their family. Yeah, more than just the money, I think that that part of it needs to be conveyed to them of what other parts of this to incentivize them. Yeah, you're going to get some money too, but you're getting security. You're getting a place to say something you can set your watch to and stay. Do people in these areas have phones like how we have them though? Yes. That's, that's a the great question. That's the other incredible thing. You go anywhere in the developing world and we're looking at a big map behind uh, Kent there and look at that, especially those uh, South America and Africa. These phones are everywhere. Okay. So they, yeah, they have a cellular network and yeah, so, that's already in their hands. It's there. And again, it, it's just downloading and putting the information and start building the invisible in- infrastructure is what it is. Yep. So, Jake, let's go on an adventure. Let's get a flex from Dr. Nick. There you go. Right? Okay. We'll pick, like, I don't know, a small what, – what do they have in Mexico? Is it like a province, a county? I mean, what do they have? They're Providence. There? Yeah. In fact, uh, Sonora is a yep. state. Okay. And so you got a governor. How big is that? Oh my gosh, it's got to be the same size as Utah. Okay, let's start with something a little smaller. Yeah. <laughs> let's well, go to the Philippines. Well, you can go, you can go, you can, you can go into Wymus, then you got a city boundary. But again, they, you and I both can appreciate this. They mm-hmm. don't have the same surveys that we do. But they we can, really, but we can make them have the that's same That's the point. That's the thing. We can it's help them. We can help them, yes. And so we're going to go, we're going to get a bad all flex and we're going to go map that city. Right? Could you imagine? Yeah. That could be the start of something huge. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh. I, 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 why aren't the big guys on this? I get, I mean, when you talk about the big guys, those guys might not be interested, but like your this sounds like, and your... this sounds like something that'd be right up Gates' alley, right? Being like the guy who if wants you to go put to toilets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, to get to him, but there's, 
guys that are looking at stuff like this, I mean, the Gates' whole thing is that he thinks that all this developing stuff, everything starts with sanitation, but at some point I could see the argument being made that something starts with boundary and property at the same time. Too. And title and ownership. Yeah, yeah. and That's ownership. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. And, and think about this too, with the Homestead Act, okay? You've got some land and you, you're going to offer this as a homestead but the individual has to do certain things. They got to build a security wall. In other words, you have criteria. And also to own that land, they got to dig and prepare for a sewer line going yep. in. So you start getting sewer infrastructure. Mm-hmm. If you start getting, how do you pay your police officers? Property taxes. Property taxes, a dollar per square foot or whatever. Now you've got a steady form and a steady way to have revenue. That allows people to have security, and you've got a, a chance to, for people to donate their time and their skills, mm-hmm. and get paid with cryptocurrency. Yeah. So now, the what they have is sweat equity. Mm. They've got a chance for this. How do we get past the people though? They're like, okay, I'll record this and take this micro loan, and I get to own this. But I don't want to pay. I've never. I've been living here for twenty years, and I've never paid property tax. And now all of a sudden, I have to pay property tax. No, no, no. All over a ten-year period of time. In oh, okay, other words, so. the property taxes don't kick in. Oh, okay. But but part of the ownership is donated time and sweat equity. Yeah. For the neighborhood, for mm. your home, put in a well. That's what we did. In the 1800s, oh, I got a great story for you, surveyors. In Gunnison, Utah, tiny little town was named after a Captain Gunnison. In the 1848, I'm guessing the date, in the, he's surveying Army Corps of Engineers and gets killed by the Indians. And so they named Gunnison, Utah after him. Well, guess what? Because of those Army Corps of Engineers, what do we got? We got these brass markers mm-hmm. out in the flipping middle of nowhere. Right. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And that's the invisible instru- infrastructure that was put in in the 1800s for us. And it's, they don't have, these developing countries don't have those brass markers. They don't markers. have it. They have nothing. So it's like you are starting a brand new cadaster is what yeah. you're doing. You're starting something from something But from we're scratch, able to do it is, digitally. But you know what? I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, you're in luck. The people that listen to this show are going to be so intrigued by what you're what you're talking about, where you're going with this. And I guarantee you, their their minds are going to be racing. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, we're on to something here. How can we help? So I have, I, I, I I'm pretty confident that you're gonna you're gonna have an influx of people that want to help you. Yeah, I would love it with this effort. Um, you know, do you want to give out a phone number or do they contact you? No, well, they'll reach out to Good. me and I'll put them in touch with you. Good. Um, but, you know, even even Larry at Bad Elf, who I yes. introduced you virtually, I, I reached out to him to see if he would come on this evening. He couldn't hit a prior commitment. But he's one of these guys that thinks exactly like you do. And, you know, he's been over here thinking about it. You're over here thinking about it. You know, get two great minds together like that. And who knows what can happen. Yeah. In addition to all the surveyors and mappers and people that listen to this show, I think that we could... Who knows? There could be like this global effort. You yeah. never know, you yeah. know? And, could, um, and here's the other key too, is like you guys were saying, is we need to, it's a huge elephant. We got to take it a bite at the time. We got to start, we got to start small. Yeah, so start you small. focus on a country. And the reason I picked the Philippines, they mm-hmm. speak English. They're very pro-Americans and there's a ton of Filipinos yep. all over the United States, everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And they love yeah. their country and they love the United States. And so there could be support there. Now, here's what's happening in the Philippines. Very interesting. They're building these huge high-rises. Mm-hmm. 
And what's interesting is you'll have this giant high-rise, and then you'll have these tracts of land completely vacant all around hmm. this high-rise. And, uh, and what I found out was these are the lands that can't get a clear title. So they can't get clear title. Come on, guys. There's got to be a, a judge. There's got to be a way to allow these. And by the way, when we talk about homestead, you can do that on high-rises too. In other words, let me give you another quick interesting story. In England, I went on a mission for the Mormon Church for two years over there. And they had these government housing back in 74, 76 is when I was there. And they had they were not well taken care of, to be honest with you, because they were government housing. And let's be honest, this happened in the United States too. Anybody been into New York and see some of the high rises? Anybody watch The Wire? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that's all about what was going on with the government housing. In England, Margaret Thatcher comes into office, and in just the specific areas that I knew, which was up by Birmingham, because I went back there 30 years later, they allowed the individuals that were living in those apartments to buy the apartments. In other words, they were already making, if you make this payment, then we're going to give you the title to that unit that you were living in. So the condo, townhomeized all this government housing. Isn't that interesting? And I went back there 30 years later, and it was beautiful. They cleaned the whole place up. It was a completely different... Owning it versus renting it. Ownership. Pride of ownership. Sweat equity and... Exactly. Mm -hmm. They they worked it through. They had to have certain criteria they had to meet, and that's the key. Because guess what? It's called, in economics, they call it the tragedy of the commons. And and any socialist and any communist and any tribalist needs to understand when everybody owns it, nobody takes care of it. Yeah. Mm. Everyone takes, 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 but they don't put it yeah. into it. Yeah, and it, nobody ever washed a rented car. Some yeah. economist said that once. Nobody oh, nobody washes so a rent, rental car. And then you own one, and then you take super good care of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So For that's sure. the key. We want to convert the tri... Look at our local here. Look, mm-hmm. look at the Indian reservations. I was going to say the Indian reservations, yep. Has anybody ever looked at the homes right across from Scottsdale Community College? Mm-hmm. There's a gated community there. Yep. When you can't sell that property, when you when you when you you don't have a market for it because nobody's going to be able to buy that because you got to be a tribal member and they don't buy them anyway. They have no market, and we don't have a market. Nobody takes care of it because there's no reason to take care of it mm. because you're not going to be able to sell it. So pride of ownership is what we're talking about. And by the way, this is capitalism. This is the invisible hand. Adam Smith always talked about it's the pride of ownership. It's the invisible infrastructure that gets built because people start caring about mm. their street. Yep. They want sewer. They want a good police officer. They want a school. They want a hospital. Yep. This is the invisible hand of capitalism. And it's the good capitalism because each individual gets a chance to own something, fix it up, and sell it. Mm. So that's and the key. Have, and have equity in something that can appreciate as well right. and be able to borrow against it. Yeah. That's the other key collateral. And that's collateral. what Hernando said. Yeah. yeah Hernando. So there's billions and billions of dollars in these developing countries, billions of dollars of capital sitting there. Just nobody's able to access it because there's no surveys. So interesting. Let me ask you this. How can, how can Jake already own what five acres on Mars? Yeah, exactly. That's a great question. How do I how do I already own five acres and we can't even have something get recorded down in the Philippines? How about a star? Who 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 owns yeah, those right. star? You know, get a star named after you. 
They paid property tax on those. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's the key. Are you paying property taxes? Not yet. And well, that's oh, part of the ten-year plan. You're not paying. You're not paying tax on your property in Mars. No. How do you know if you really own it? I don't know. I haven't been there in ninety days. Try to. The constable is going to kick my door. Like that, that, like ninety-nine dollars I spent might be for nothing. Yeah. Try to sell it to somebody. Well, See what you can get. You were asking. You, you were asking why isn't Elon picked up on this? That's why because he's already out of here. Yeah. He's, right. he's written us off. He's got a rocket. Yeah. He's, he's got he, a rocket. He's focused Everybody. on how we can do this, but on Mars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so much easier. He's like, it's so much easier to do this on Mars. Yeah. This literally. Time. He's like, yeah, we'll put like this. Put this satellite light up and put phones in everyone's hands cryptocurrency yeah. exactly so here's the key if we if there is anybody i would love to talk to him love to coordinate on this i put a lot of time and effort in this but i kept hitting brick walls you know block this block that i t i spoke to a group out of uh, utah where they had a mentorship for developing world where they were talking to small business owners and via the internet kind of a facebook thing training them, teaching them on different business skills. So we actually had a conversation with them. And, and this is always the challenge. People's minds get blown because they see the whole world. Yeah. It's, it's a big place. Mm -hmm. So rather than focusing on just one little country like the Philippines or Mexico or someplace, they get overwhelmed with the thought of doing the whole all of Africa. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have yeah. to start somewhere. You got to start small and, and yeah. show success. You know, when also another uh, group that I think about is the engineering ministries international. Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but we have some contacts. We have there. some contacts there and they as well could, could be very fruitful. Well, there's no doubt about it. And there's a, there's a great connection there for sure. Well, that's just it. Think about, think about the industries that could benefit insurance industry, banking industry. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, anything I, infrastructure, I, anything I said bad things about title insurance, but the title insurance might get involved someplace. Yeah. And I love title. I mean, we have to have that. Uh, you know, the yep. point is eventually things evolve and change, but this needs to be, a thought that can germinate and get out there and people say, wait, 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 let's just get the, let's get the platform built. Yep. And the platform is nothing more than being able to input your name and your date of birth and gathering that data and taking pictures and uploading and creating a data file for each individual. That's it. That's it. It's PJ, you know who else is going to freaking uh, buy into this hook, line and sinker? Who's that? Jaybird. Oh yeah, he'll be all over it. He'll oh. be wanting to develop for you. He's gonna he's gonna develop the app. He'll yeah. be like, I'll do this for nothing. Mm -hmm. Is he an app developer? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 He's he's a, he did our app. Yeah. yeah. That see, that's just it. If yeah. you have somebody with Website a little developer. tech, yeah. that the amazing thing is the technology has advanced so quickly and so fast that years ago when I was working on this, yeah. it was yep. thirty fifty thousand dollars. Might the cost might even come down from there. No mm -hmm. question. What they got. So no question. anyway, we got something exciting. And again, think about the people you can help. Oh, one more thing. For sure. Think about being able to give women title to the property. Yeah. Think about that. Yep. Think Which about seems the so normal here, but probably yeah. isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now the woman can basically, and by the way, in micro lending, according to the research I've done, you want to loan the money to the women. You don't yeah. want to get that. I'm sorry. Guys. For sure. Yep. <laughs> but the, the women control they they pay it back they're responsible mm -hmm. and you give them title the property and you say you know what here's the criteria you got to meet they get it done yep. yeah and it, by the way they can build security because now once you have that property line i remember watching what is that movie uh something about compton and it was when the it was the history of the rap guys that started the rap the nwa guys yeah it's like and, the biggie thing or yeah. what was it and there was a scene in the movie yeah 
in Compton, California, when the police came into the neighborhood, yep. and one of the fathers of one of the guys that was was getting arrested or something like that, he was standing at his property line. The police officer came up and he said, "You stop right there. That's my property line. Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't yep. cross my property." It was a and I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we're talking about. That's the security. When you have a property, like foot to stand on there, yeah. Like and and guess what? Now point. you have certain rights that say you can't kick down my door without a warrant, right, mm. guys? Yeah. So now all of the infrastructure of the legal system is based off this real estate stuff. That's where we evolved from, yep. and it was you guys. It yep. was it, it starts the ownership. It's, it's it starts really amazing, you know. Just the uh, oh God, I mean the. The ex- extent of how all of this could affect, you know, and and economic or like you know, developing country. I'm, yeah. sp- I'm almost mm. speechless. I really yeah. am. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, well, the first time we talked about it six years ago, I'm like, oh my god, this guy's on to something amazing. And here we are six years later yeah. talking about it. And I'm, I still think it's amazing. Well, but the beauty of it now is my or our network of contacts you, huge. is huge mm. and. The people that we know that are going to listen to this are going to start thinking about just like I have for the last six years. And it's going to be really exciting to see where this goes from here. Yeah. So yeah. I would just add to that too. Yeah. Six years ago, I'm sure the blockchain and cryptocurrency wasn't even there. Wasn't, wasn't there. there. Wasn't so there. to add yep. that on top. Yeah. yeah. And the micro lending wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. Micro lending. So to add those aspects mm-hmm. on top, yep. um, I think just even sweetens, sweetens the pot. But I just no, want to add really it. quick here yep. too, is that we talked about um, Hernando DeSoto yep. and his documentary. And I'm just curious in, in, in case people want to watch it. Are you talking the power of the poor? Yes, and also you can go on YouTube and get all kinds of different lectures. He was really a runner-up for one of the Nobel Prizes in Economics. Uh, he's older now. He's in his 80s. Uh, so he's kind of pulled back a little bit, but I be- I'm not the guy. I- I'm trying to find all the guys. There's passionate people that understand. When I say Hernando de Soto, th- by the way, there's some economists that say who? But there, but there so are there there are certain people that say you got it. That's exactly where we need to go. He he touched on something, but it was in the '90s. It was before this internet stuff that we yeah. were able to do. It was all he, it, now's the time. Now we've got the technology. And his frustration was the hurdles that these developing countries and the governments were throwing up against him, and he got exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had a chance to enter. I was scheduled to interview him on my radio show back in 2003 2004 oh, wow. and when we called to do the radio interview, he was in peru and he said can't talk right now oh. our building is being shot at by the shining path gorillas oh wow wow this is not a good time this is the peru that his father talked about that's it that's mm-hmm. it so he his they, their offices were blown up they had all kinds of death for threats and stuff like that so he he's in his 80s he's kind of retired but we've got it we got to pick up this torch and we got to run with it now one more thing let me jump back in history just really interesting for for those who appreciate history and surveys and land i like to talk about in the going into england on my mission i love english history so i studied a lot i love history in 1066 was when william the conqueror who was a norman off of the coast of france Sails over there with a bunch of guys. And by the way, these guys were Vikings. A lot of it didn't know that the Normans basically came from Holland and Denmark, and they had settled in Normandy. And they beat the Saxons at the, oh, it just went out of my head. But anyway, these guys that fought for him and with him became, they did it for the land. 
They were fighting to get land to build mm. farms. A lot of people don't know that. The motivation of the Vikings and their invasions were to get land. And what's fascinating, even on uh, Ireland, they found Viking uh, communities that had plot plans. Really? They had mopped out the different homes side by side, and they had a plot map of the Wow. So they understood land. Yep. So and now, conquering, obviously, yeah. they understood. And I think you were looking for Battle of Hastings. Yeah, Hastings. Mm-hmm. So here's what happened. Uh, a few hundred years later, about uh, 1277, uh, Richard the Lionheart has been killed when he's fighting in the Crusades. His younger brother, John, everybody's watched Robin Hood, right? Yep. John was the bad guy. And the reason John was such a villain is he tried to take the land of these barons that owned all this land in England and sell it to the Pope to pay off debts from the Crusades. Wow. And the fraternity, and by the way, they were Knights Templar, let's be honest, and they had a blood oath to fight together. They went to war against John, beat him, and forced him to sign a document called the Magna Carta. Wow. The Magna Carta was based off of a real estate dispute. Mm. He it was all comes back to land. It is land. It's always been about the land. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. So our foundation for Western laws and civilizations was to establish the land rights and allow those owners to continue to own it and that the crown could not take their land <laughs> without a warrant or valid reason, right? Mm. So that's isn't it? So it ties it in to the surveyors. And by the way, they have these survey maps yeah. of these ancient uh, Saxon and um, Anglo-Saxon, and I can't remember any of the the Normans where they yeah. mapped it out. They've got ancient records on all those surveys. I would love to see those. I know. Moral of the story: Be a Viking, don't be a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the moral of the story is get some land and hang on to it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. put some equity into something, so and do not that. let the king take it. That's the key. You know what? I mean, we'll we'll have to have you back for sure to talk about this in more detail. But I, I have a I have a really strong feeling that once fo- once this gets out there, we'll get some traction. We're gonna get some traction, and um, I can't wait to make some additional connections to see where we can go with this for sure. So. Unfortunately, Big Shoots had to leave. He had a plane to Vegas to no catch. No problem. But he always asks this question every episode, so I'm going to ask it of you. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Ooh, that's a good one. Do unto others as you have I think that's pretty standard. It's the golden no, rule. No. Here's the key. Here's the key. you got to give people a vested interest in their government. And the way you do that is you give them title to the property. They gotta have be prideful in something, and yeah, have and if you own it, you take care of it. Yep, there's a potential of selling it, right? What's what was the the bit earlier about the rental car not being? Yeah, nobody washes a rental car. There you go, (laughs) so good. Nobody washes a rental car. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, hey Rex, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to get out? We covered it really well, and I really appreciate this, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've had a blast, and uh, so intriguing. I can't wait to see the response to this episode. So, PJ, you got anything else, bud? Nothing else, no. All right, well, let's uh, let's call that a wrap. Can confirm another awesome value-adding, friend-making show. Please be sure to check us out at thegeaholics.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Like and follow us on all social media outlets by searching for The Geaholics. Download not only all our podcasts from just about anywhere, but also from the Geaholics app from landsurveyorsunited.com. 
Send us an email at info at thegeahawks.com if you have any content ideas or would like to be a guest on a future show. Last but not least, please support our amazing friends of the program like Cyanic Automation Job Book. Every chance you get, be sure to mention you're a geoholic for an invite into the VIP suite. Pay it forward. Add value. Make friends. Chicago. Chicago. Just you and me. You guys did this to me. They asked me what my favorite group was. This brings back high school right here, man. Love it. Available (laughs) everywhere. Until next time, be safe and healthy, everyone. Don't be a jackass. Be a Viking. (laughs) That's great. Oh, that was Once again, a shout out to our friends of the program, Aerotech Mapping Inc., ATMLV.com, Advanced Geodetic Surveys Inc., AGSGPS.com, Bad Elf GPS, Bad-Elf.com, Cobb Fenley, CobbFenley.com, Cyanic Automation, GetJobBook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, DiamondbackLandSurveying.com, Get Kids Into Survey, GetKidsIntoSurvey.com, Land Surveyors United, LandSurveyorsUnited.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz, Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com, Nettleman Land Consulting, nlcprep.com, Parkland Community College, parkland.edu slash surveying, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Tiger Supplies, tigersupplies.com, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.